Hello and welcome to the Weak Point Podcast. My name is Patrick Dubuque. I'm a middle-aged white male. Nathan, what's your name? My name is Nathan. I Hi. am rapidly approaching middle age, also white male, and happy to be here. How are you, Patrick? Uh, I'm, I'm well, I'm middle-aged. Um, how, what, at what point, uh, since I'm actually 37, do, can I say I'm middle-aged at this point? Um, I'm always comfortable with middle age being uh, the age that people older than me are, so that works fine because I'm 34. So okay, I, do you, all right. I guess that's fair. Um, do, it seems like well, we don't need to belabor this point, but it seems like middle age should be further since college age, you know, is now, you know, adolescence. Well, this is going back to like longer <laughs> lifespans now, right? Like in in what a hundred years ago, maybe this was middle age. Not even a hundred years ago. No, we'd be dead. Right, years right, 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 right. Like pre just post penicillin, this would be like middle age right now, right? I, I, I think life. You know, I, like mid fifties or so. Like if you didn't, I, I if you didn't get run over be, by a horse or something, we would be sages by now. That's true. I think. So yeah. yeah, I think that's at least the, for our our carriage avoiding properties, people would want to know. <laughs> it seems like a life skill. You haven't been run over by a horse yet. I want to know what's your secret. Uh, say, well, video games, we we stay inside. Um, that's exactly what it is. Although, if you've seen that, you know that crazy ass GIF of uh, of Grand Theft Auto Five. Oh yes, flying which, horse. You know, it all comes. I watch all the time. I'm I, I, it's like it's my little. It's like my internet version of a locket that I look into. <laughs> uh, your daughter's internet locket, <laughs> and she forces you to watch it over and uh, again. Uh, yeah, video games. Yeah. So the the, the format of the show uh, for those of you who are listening and who are wondering why. Um, basically, what the structure of the show will be thus far is that uh, uh, someone will make a tweet and. Uh, then we will discuss how terrible it is. And in this case, the tweet is yours, Nathan. I assume um, that will be a regular occurrence. And I, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't have it up because I couldn't stand to look at it any longer. <laughs> was uh, that Metroid Prime is greater than, greater than, greater than, greater than, greater than, greater than Super Metroid. Was it seven? I didn't, uh, I didn't... I'm going to round down to six. Okay, because I remember the, the vision mm-hmm. turning red and fading. It should have been seven since that's the, the holy number. And given that it's a very correct opinion, that would have been an appropriate number of greater than signs. But I think I left it at six. Okay. So uh, what we'll do, the general structure is that uh, after now that we've discussed this point, uh, the first step will be that you apologize. <laughs> I will do no such thing. At the end of the show, if you've sufficiently beaten me down, I will apologize. And then uh, I think we'll try to figure out why you could be... What, what, what point... <laughs> During your life, we will basically go through the history of Nathan Bishop to figure out what branch of your life diverged well, to the point where this became your accepted worldview. How much of this is just the like? Okay, I'm wondering. I'm is it the four years difference? Is uh, that what you're saying? No, 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 no. That is actually part <laughs> of my concern. Because how how what year did Super Metroid come out? 1992. I want to say 94. 94. So I would have been. 12 i guess i was old enough to play that game but my parents hadn't let me have video games yet so i had to save up and buy my very first video game console myself which was um, a sega genesis when i was 13 in 1995 so i didn't get into super metroid probably at the correct time um and also when i went back to play it it didn't have that that wow factor because it was a generation late um and also, I think that there's there's something to... I mean, you would you say in general you prefer 2D over 3D? 
I would say uh, with all certainty that I enjoy 2D over 3D. And, and do you care to belabor that beyond just the fact that it's your opinion and you choose to say that it's right? Um, well, obviously all opinions are correct. Uh, but I think for me what it is is that the type of gaming I enjoy, um, 2D does better at it than 3D. I, I think the problem I have with most 3D games is that they're still trying to be good at the things that 2D games are good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they fail at those things, uh, primarily jumping, which no 3D game should ever do. Um, I'm okay with your 3D game if it, if you fall off ledges, or if you jump maybe a foot, but never if you actually have to know where you're going to land, because <laughs> you can't see your feet. First, so I can first see the feet 3D. of every 2D. Yeah, first person 3D. Well, okay. Yeah, and I have my own problems with third person 3D, but that's that's a different. Thing. It's a whole other episode. Um, we don't want to burn through all this episode. content this early. Um, but uh, a lot of 3D games, especially early 3D games, uh, which Metroid Prime is kind of at the tail end, mm-hmm. um, they kept thinking that they needed to be platformers. And that can is see that. a very bad thing to be. I feel like Super... And granted, this, this wasn't new for the Metroid series, but Prime's giving you the double jump... And a few other mechanics kind of helped make the jumping sim- simpler as the game demanded more of you. Um, and I also feel like, so for me, I'll, I'll offer the counter argument, which is that for 3D games, I, I enjoy games with a sense of, of adventure and wonder. And when you have a third dimension, I feel a stronger pull towards that. It, it's not a, a greater immersion. It's a feeling like I have more freedom to explore more things, if that makes any sense at all. And so much more obligation to explore more things. <laughs> Think all that extra information you have to take in. So you just want the that game... third dimension doesn't even do that You much. just want the game to be dumber, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a beauty in simplicity, shall we say. And I think actually... I mean, I don't want to end up agreeing with all of your points in this, because you're definitely wrong about I, I some I would things. love that. But I, I feel like the industry in some ways is kind of like this new niche. Like, we definitely went through that, like, Michael Bayism of video games, um, where everything felt like it had to be grandiose, and everything was Gears of War, and Grand Theft Auto, and et cetera, et cetera. AAA games dominated the scene. But it feels like with the rise of indie games, we've kind of learn to rejoice again in the beauty of a couple simple mechanics done so well that they can survive a seven to ten hour adventure would you agree with that i would agree with that now of course we are on the precipice of the next yes. giant explosion indy's dead now well <laughs> it's not it's not even indie anymore not well not until you have to strap on a headset to to play it see i'm and not that's, okay that's we're, i mean if, if bad podcasting is agreeing with something we're not gonna be able to talk about vr in an interesting way because what the fuck <laughs> I, you know, yeah, we we can talk about we can talk about VR. I mean, which basically a couple Metroids have tried to do <laughs> with like Metroid Prime Hunters. I think the main example See, is I a think... game that is somehow trying to be a VR game without even being able to be VR. Was that um, other M? Did you play other M? I did not play other M. I made I made a conscious decision. So because um, because you were a fan, did you play the Prime games? Which ones did you play? I played, I played uh, about seventy-five percent of uh, Prime One okay. before hitting a wall. Did not finish. I, I watched somebody beat thirty bosses in Prime Two. Shit, that game. And I have never played Prime Three. Yeah, I, uh, 
it's been a long time since I, I replayed through one and two recently. Um, and by recently, I mean like three years ago because sure. I have kids, but I only like played a hundredth of your life. Yes. Basically. Yes. I only played, I only played three once and that would have been right when it came out. And, uh, I just, I mean, it was, it was nothing groundbreaking or, or exceptionally new, but I just remember being blown away by how tight the gameplay felt. And I have, I have no issue. I have no, uh, expectations. It would solve your issues with 3d. I, I still think, I don't know. Do I just want it? Do you think that there's something to the age difference that I just want something different from video games than you? No, no. You think I'm just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I think that if it had been later than that, or if well, here's the other question, have you played the first Metroid for the NES? No, I have not so played that. And that is the, that's the bridge. Right okay. There, because I did play a lot of Metroid as a kid. Okay, so um, Super Metroid came just out when I was existed 10. as. Do you like Super Metroid more than Metroid? Do you think? Let me rephrase. Do you think that Super Metroid is a better game? Oh, Super Metroid's a superior to Metroid in every way. Okay. Um, every single way. There's, there's no. I can't think of a way that Metroid, except for in the sense of innovation, uh, because Metroid, you always have to give uh, the first in a series credit. Sure. For thinking of certain things, they came up with the ice beam, so okay. you give Metroid credit for that. Okay. Uh, but. In every other way, Super Metroid's a more enjoyable game. Now, it's interesting because uh, I did not play Super Metroid when it came out either. Okay. That was uh, during my uh, during a phase in my life where I was out of video games for a while. So I didn't play it until midway through college, and it was well into the PS1 era. Okay. Which Metroid, that, that era, Metroid didn't exist. So it was still the latest Metroid game in the sense that they didn't come out with another Metroid mm-hmm. game until Prime. But it was you know final fantasy 7 and and 3d games had come out by that point um and i still thought that metroid super metroid was better see i like 2d, uh, 2D there game. are 2d games that i like a lot and i just it hasn't latched onto me with super metroid i feel sonic the hedgehog vector man all those genesis rayman um I, you know, and, and then I eventually did get a Super Nintendo, and I love the Mario games. Um, I love them up to the, the current generation, in fact. Uh, I, I feel like, for some reason, and, and this is, again, probably... I, we're just going to come back to me being wrong in this podcast all the time. But um, the same things that I like about Prime, that sense of wonder and exploration, I found tedious in two dimensions. And I'm not sure why. Like, it's not as exciting to me to run around just right and left, right and left, up and down. And I need something that gives me a sense of depth to the game. Um, and I don't. So, go ahead. Do you do you feel like you're in the room when you're in a 3D room? Do you do you get sucked into the world? Uh, uh, because I do not do this in either format. Like I, you I don't purely as a as an exercise. Well, just as a as a power of imagination. I think that some people get more invested mm-hmm. in the things that they're participating in than others. Um, one thing when I was in graduate school, uh, I was teaching i was learning how to teach reading and uh one of the things that i discovered is that with with poor readers with readers who were um actively disinclined to read uh, one of the things that you were supposed to do is you were supposed to have them put the book down and draw a picture of what they had read of a scene and the idea was that these disinclined readers were not immersing themselves they weren't connecting to the text and so they weren't enjoying it because they didn't feel like they were part of it and that boggled my mind because I'm never part of anything I read. <laughs> uh, I never immerse myself in anything. And I never imagine anything. When I listen to a, a baseball game on the radio, I don't see myself sitting in the bleachers at Safeco, you know, watching it happen. I just take the information in and process it. 
So what gives you, where does the, I mean, I'm not going to use the term joy, where, where does your personal enjoyment come from? Well, it's the, it's more, uh, the personal enjoyment, I don't have to pretend like I'm in space fighting monsters to enjoy a game that's about someone fighting monsters. It's the the action of the game, the the, the mental or physical requirements of playing The it dexterity, well. the skill. Right, right. Nothing beyond I don't, that. I don't think I'm punching boxers when I play a boxing game. I don't think that but I, I think, am, but I, I allow that, myself to pretend that I am. Yeah, it's a and conscious I, I, choice. I, I don't know if it's if it's a, a selfishness on my part that I'm never willing to uh, meet anything halfway in that sense. Probably hmm. that. Do you meet other things halfway as far as narrative and uh, through any other medium? Like if you watch a film? We have relationships? No, I never... <laughs> Jesus, that got dark real fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just don't. I mean, I, I I think of every movie I watch. I think of it as a play with actors. You know, I think I think of it as this is a story, but it's a story that I'm I'm decoding. So you're like non-twee Wes Anderson with no film credits. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It, it does sound like I'm a really bad writer when you put it that but way. But you're not at all. You're a phenomenal <laughs> writer. And your but writing is so rich with uh, humanity and depth of feeling. It's just bizarre how that would come about. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I just don't. I, do you feel? Do you view that if you were to allow yourself to... I feel like we're getting into a lot of psychoanalysis now. But like, do you feel like if you were to allow yourself to become a part to get more immersed in the narrative that you would be like caving. Do you feel like you're at war with the creator of the narrative? I, I don't think it's an act of resistance. I don't think, Oh, I could be getting into this, but I'm going to choose not to. Most of the time is that I just don't know how Hmm. now. Am I conscious of an unreliable narrator? Sure. Yeah. I'm skeptical of authors. I'm skeptical of their agendas and their, their, their plans for what would want to make me think. Mm hmm. Oh, that happens all the time. Like, you know, I probably get busted out of things much more easily, broken out of of things more easily by a flaw or something that's incorrect, or or even like, fiddly. oh, why did why was this structured this way? How was this intended mm-hmm. for me? And maybe that's because I I am a writer, and I think, oh, how how would I have constructed this to create what I wanted to create? Sure. Well, I can guarantee you, I I I finally played a video game recently. Um, and I can guarantee you, you would have hated it. Uh, I played the newest Uncharted, and I loved it. Yeah. And you would have just despised it, because the gameplay is so... First of all, there's a ton of jumping. But <laughs> secondly, it's all so easy to jump, you know? Like, this man is hanging above a cliff side in this gorgeously, immaculately, like, the rendering of the world is unlike anything I've ever seen in a video game. And this man's hanging by a, uh, a single finger, 300 feet above a cliff floor. And all you need to know if you're going to be safe is if you move the stick to the upper left, he kind of reaches his arm to the upper left. And that's the signal that you can push the jump button and he won't die. If you push so it's jump. just an, it's an elaborate quick time event. It see, the thing is that's true. And you immediately grasp the most demeaning way to describe it. <laughs> so you hit a is what we're telling <laughs> basically yeah i mean and it, the game's more than that there there is you know some combat that actually requires some shooter skill but i can't stand shooters so i'm not sure what about i think the only thing that really the game that but metroid prime's a shooter you shoot things 
You move around. But it's so much more than a shooter. That's the thing. I can stand shooting, not shooters. And yes, there is a lot of shooting. There's a lot of shooting in Metroid, Super Metroid, too. Do you like shooters? (sighs) It's a platformer. It's not a shooter. So um, I would say that that you shoot in in Super Metroid, but it's much more about controlling where you are so that your shots hit the thing. And that is more steering and, and dodging and jumping your your person, your your avatar. I will say that a thing that I... As opposed to standing and strafing and just shooting yeah, at something. I would say that I think that a, a, a big weakness of the... Uh, and a, a thing that pushes me out of the narrative is somebody who's really willing to in, like let myself get invested in that kind of stuff in a way that you aren't. I think a real weakness of 3D is that you have no reliable way to dodge and move and calculate your position as well. So you end up just becoming a bullet sponge a lot of the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they like in Super Metroid, I can't remember how many times you can get hit. Is it just like twice? Well, you, it depends. In the early in the game, you can. But then you get energy tanks. And by the end of the game for Metroid Prime, you are nigh invincible. Sure, sure. 12 energy tanks. Okay, so like a better um, example would be like... Like Sonic with no rings, you know, right. you run into you get touched once and you're dead. You can do that when you're only processing information on two dimensions, but you can't do that in 3D. It asks too much of the gamer. You know what well, I mean? Well, you don't know where you are because right. you have no feet. <laughs> right, exactly. So as such, you end up taking like in Uncharted, again, a, a yeah. visual spectacle unlike anything I've ever seen in video gaming. This guy takes three shotgun blasts from two feet away and then like punches the guy in the face and the guy's dead. I like, like that the gaming industry has just given up entirely on that concept. Like we, since the first Halo, basically, it's yeah. like you can be shot infinite times as long as you take ten seconds it, between. It's kind of doesn't it even go back to like Wolfenstein? Well, I mean, yeah, you had magical health packs back then. I mean, at least you had a power pellet that you That's could, true. you know, theoretically press to your wound. I do really lo- dislike auto healing. I, I really it, yeah the hell out of me. I I don't see it. Basically, encourages you to stop playing. It mm-hmm. says, all right, you've been hit too much. Your punishment is you have to take a break. Right. And then if you couple that with a game, and, and this was not the case in Uncharted, not to not that this whole episode's about Uncharted, but that, that game did a really good job of not forcing you to go slog back through half the level. But maybe that's something right. that you enjoy. You enjoy punishment, I would assume. So we're going we're gonna to talk about that. Uh, that's a, that is one of the most Metroid-y Metroid things. Yes. Is the idea of slogging back through things, because Metroid is full of backtracking. Yes. Um, as is how Prime, do you feel? for that matter. Yeah, as is Prime. Although Prime, Prime's layout is clever, and I will give it that. The way that it's, the way that it's structured, it does feel rewarding to find shortcuts. It's not quite on the level of Dark Souls, where finding a shortcut means that you basically, it's your only sen- your, your major sense of accomplishment. It's also not but like Dark is... Souls in the case that it doesn't like actively hate everything about you. <laughs> uh, but you know, you do get two sticks. When you when you play, <laughs> so there's that. Um, but uh, you you do get to cut back on yourself and you know find these shortcuts and that's very rewarding. But yeah, as 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 an old person that you and I are, yes, uh, with limited amounts of time, yes. One of the things that I love about Super Metroid is that you even with its own backtracking because it does have some. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can beat the game in an hour and twenty minutes. Sure. I think. Well, speedrunners can do it in less. I'm sure, but. Yeah. But it's it's very short, which you know used to be for years and years um, a complaint about video games. Right, and and designers responded to that by packing so much meaningless shit into their games. Where you have like Assassin's Creed now, where like half of the game is go run over here and grab this package from this guy and bring it back to me for no reason. There's just like 
50 of them just to kill time and and it i don't i still don't think the industry really understands how how much short games are, are valuable i would but, agree with that what what's it but what's a good example of a, of a short is there a modern game that's that's short and breezy not even necessarily breezy but just short that stands out to you as a good example of that um well there's there's lots but you know like a vvvvvv um that game takes I did not about play that game it's it's a wonderful game. I thought I would hate it, but it's a wonderful game. It takes about uh, an hour to play. A whole hour and, to beat it? Yeah, a whole hour to beat it. Wow, so that's almost that's like getting down to board game territory. And that's part yeah, of the reason why and, I've enjoyed board games. Right. And and it could have been four times as long. It sure wouldn't have taken that much time to create new assets given that it's Commodore 64 level graphics. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but it didn't need to be longer and it didn't it wasn't longer, and that was great. So let me circle back to your. I think what your original question was was how do I feel about repetition in game, like having to repeat things as punishment for failure, or well, even not even. With sometimes it's just repeating things because that's your reward. Is to oh, I get to go back and find this extra thing I couldn't get the first time. Yeah, I think that there's something to this. People love that. They People do love that stuff. But see, this is where I think that I love, and this is why I, I one of the reasons I love Prime is because in Prime, and you already kind of gave it its its do here so it's like i'm going to be kind of repeating you but that game made it feel so it made you feel clever for figuring out where to go you know what i mean like it didn't just like drop a locked door every single time that which is weird because that's so nintendo right that is exactly what it is (laughs) that's mario 64 right you now have enough stars you can go play this level but that's not prime you know it's it's and i think through prime the main mechanic is that you get a new ability with your suit, which allows you to reach something that you couldn't reach before. Um, but what I loved about that game was the way that you would go into the same room that you had been in, you know, five, six, seven times before, but with your new power that you have, you're looking for something new and you see stuff that you had never seen before, almost like rewatching a really well-written episode of TV and you're finding new jokes or new plot twists the second or third time around you didn't see. You might be a guy that sees all of that stuff the first time you go in. I'm, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. But for me, that's a huge part of Prime's appeal is uh, the cleverness of that design. There's an elegance to that, you know? And I think that's what I like about Prime so much. It's It feels like such an elegant game to me. I do admit that Prime does it very well. Um, my, th- my theory on backtracking and my theory on repetition is that it's okay to revisit old areas as long as your gameplay is changed somewhat in the way that it allows you to enjoy the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, recycling content for the sake of padding is bad, but if you had something you couldn't do before and now you get to go back and do it, it, it if it's just a key in a door, that's not good. Yeah, there's nothing. But if it's but if it's something that if you have new verbs, or if you uh, if you have information that allows you to see it in a new way, mm-hmm. then those are good things, and and I'm fine with that. Um, up to a point, in, though. Up to a point, but. But, you know, well, in, in up to a pretty large point, as long as it's creating a new sense of gameplay, okay. I'm fine with it. So is, um, but so so this isn't you when I when you got mad at me for saying that Super Metroid was better. I mean, that Prime was better than Super Metroid. This isn't you saying that Prime's a bad game. Oh, no, by no means. OK, uh, I can't finish it like I tried and I, I couldn't. OK, uh, because it's not my kind of game. And I I I. But I do, I do admit that it is a good game. I just think that Super Metroid is one of the ten best games ever made, and Metroid Prime probably isn't. 
Okay. I mean, that's um, that, that sounds like we're just disagreeing. Our, our personal preferences are just different. There's no fundamental massive disagreement here. So we just basically lied to everybody at the beginning of the episode, which is fine. I still think you're pretty wrong for not thinking Super Metroid's one of the top ten games. I mean, I, I think what we're sitting here at is that I think Metroid Prime is better than you think Super Metroid is, and that's troubling to me. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> life is full of incongruities. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Any what, what other topics were you thinking about? Was there anything else you wanted to touch on? I feel like we've put so, Prime to bed. I think the other thing about all Metroid games, I'm curious how you feel about this, is that um, one of the, one of the, the, the main complaints about every Metroid uh, first of all, one of the things that I would say Super Metroid Boy is better at than than Metroid Prime is that uh, Super Metroid doesn't have a story, um, <laughs> and Metroid Prime does, mm-hmm. and that's not good because mm-hmm. no no Metroid story is good, mm-hmm. and no Metroid story needs to be good. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Metroid needs to have a story at all. It does once you put it in a third dimension, which I'm sure is what. Bites. But does it though? <laughs> because really. You in the first one, you just it gives you like one screen of text about how you have to go. This Metroid is on this planet, you have to go find it, uh, and then you're just plopped down. And actually, to me, the not knowing, that having this stuff not be explained is far more interesting and powerful than having to scan every single thing and then finding out, oh, this is why this was put here by these people who died two thousand years ago. It's not. That's not. So there is a story. You just like more mystery. No, 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 no. Well, Super Metroid has, like, basically a cutscene. That's what I'm saying. So you just like... But that is a story. Like, you like to wonder. It's a space for you to to write your own story, maybe. Or choose not to. (laughs) I'd like to reserve the ability to just take the game on its face value. Uh, So many games, especially Nintendo, loves to stuff their stories and unskippable cutscenes down your throat. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just... I want to be able to turn that off and just play a game. The unskippable cutscene is like what one of the three or four unforgivable sins. sins in yeah. all the video games. I mean, I can't remember if Prime has them. I know Prime doesn't have long cutscenes. It's not; they're not terrible. Usually, they're boss. It's it's mostly boss stuff. Intro, yeah. Uh, intro and and then just, you know stage. I love changes. how they die too, and you it's like this grand entrance, and then you kill them, and then eventually it's like if it's a giant like slug, it like basically just rolls over, and then just like yeah. <laughs> And leaves you a bunch <laughs> of mana or whatever the hell they call it. <laughs> yeah, the floating missile containers. <laughs> yes! He yeah. had these in them all along, and it's the exact thing I needed. <laughs> Woo! We'll need shot one of those if we just gone off. This is a great story. <laughs> so enthralled right now. Um, yeah, I, I always felt like Prime's stories were fairly heavy-handed. Um, I, yeah, well, it's just the nature of the exposition. I mean, you, you're, you're getting text boxes over and over and over. See, again. I like... I, if it can be done well... I like lore. I like a little bit of like background world building, but I'm kind of in your camp more where I like it to be sparse and bare bones because I think part of video games is great is that active participant part. And when you give it bare bones, you kind of let us fill in the gaps with our own mysteries. Um, I'm a person that will do that just almost instinctively. Uh, I, I will not just leave it blank unless it sucks. And if it sucks, I probably won't play it. Like if I'm not wanting to fill in those gaps, that's not the game for me. Yeah. If that makes sense at all. It does. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I would agree that, that, that the Prime series is too heavy-handed with their story. It's, it's Although not as bad as Other M. <laughs> I assume. 
Uh, did you ever play Metroid Fusion for the Game Boy Advance? No, no. The only one that I played was Hunters briefly, and then uh. I didn't play it anymore because it made me, my hands cramp. Metroid Fusion is interesting because it, in some ways, has the best story on Is that the origin story one? Uh, no, that was Zero Mission. Um, Fusion was the one that was supposedly the sequel to Super Metroid. It okay. Was basically That's between. right. I remember. And it, it's, there's, it's the first sign of Nintendo basically just giving you these elevator-born cutscenes with the computer telling you what's going on and telling you what to do. Samus, go here. You know, and, uh-huh. and this heavy handholding that has basically become synonymous with the modern era of gaming, um, along with those uh, beginning game tutorials, like the one in Metroid Prime. Those um, those are bad. They are Pri- bad. Prime, Super Metroid is like, like all other games did it better than most, but those are yeah. bad. Super Metroid is like forty seconds long. Uh, <laughs> you jump, you shoot, you can go back. You, to the you ship go, you go really into fun. a ship that's like six screens. Yeah, you fight a boss that you're supposed to lose, and then you you leave. <laughs> It's it's it's. I'm glad. I'm actually glad it's there and not skipped because then you can appreciate how they could have put a full one in. See, you're winning but, this argument because what I want to do after we're done here is I want to go play Super Metroid. You, which you should. You should go play Super I, Metroid. I you could do it. it tonight I, and still go to bed on. I have it on my Wii just, Virtual Console. It's just sitting there. No excuse. No. Excuse. Um, so the the other thing that Metroid is known for is this. Um, this you know, the exploration Metroidvania is the the genre that uh, I think Jeremy Parrish coined many mm-hmm. years ago, um, and the idea is that you have this open world that isn't quite open, and you get all these keys to open doors basically, except the keys happen to be abilities. Mm-hmm. So you get the ice beam because now you have the ice beam, you can reach this part. Sure. And then once you get the the various suit, you can get to this part. Um, but every game starts off with her losing all the things she got from the previous game because otherwise it wouldn't be fine. Right. <laughs> and so they have to come up with these increasingly... Um, Zelda does that exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. You, have, you have to come up with these... Well, at least Zelda doesn't, doesn't have a continuity. That's true. Uh, they, it's never the same link where they don't have... They can just pretend the other games don't exist. Metroid, they are, for some reason, creating this strict timeline. And yes. so they have to explain, why did I lose my double jump? <laughs> Because like, she got shot not... by the thing, man. Yeah, or or you know, she took it off on purpose, or the Metroid bonded to her skin. I mean, again, more story. Yeah, not, I think it's not real good. heavy-handed and really bad. I would agree with that. Uh, but how do you feel about this? Metroid is basically a an empowerment fantasy, <laughs> where <laughs> you start off as, as as this lame, useless character, and you just get you you basically just get to be better and better and stronger and stronger until at the end you get to be the super person well that's i mean isn't that maybe there's different mechanics involved where you're not always losing the suit and getting all the powers back but isn't that predominantly the storyline through all of or the experience of all video games like for the vast majority of them like there are games that try recently we have new things you know like life is strange and that kind of stuff that are trying to explore new ways of telling stories and and good for them um, but for the most part, hasn't that just been like a byproduct of a bunch of guys making video games who didn't feel very empowered a lot of their lives? Well, I, I think that there's two types of empowerment, though. You you don't learn any new skills in Punch Out. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't get any you don't get any power ups. You don't like unlock the 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 gloves with bricks in them or anything <laughs> right. like that. You just get better. At I kind of want to play that game, by the way. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. <laughs> 
But no, you just, the empowerment is that you are better at it than you were before, and therefore you get better at the game. Little Mac and, puts razor blades and just makes everybody bleed all over. Sorry, no. <laughs> <laughs> punches below the belt. Turns out he's he the worst villain that, of all he? time. Because he's like head level with everyone's junk in that game. Yeah, how could you expect him to do any less? Yeah, I mean, he gets below the belt. Unfair. He can't hit a bump. He's got to jump to punch. <laughs> Uh, have you done jump punches because they're not easy i'm sorry i, I sidetracked you from your point yeah, which, was, right. which was sound yeah um but in, in like there are there's there are certain genres where this is very much the case like any rpg right you, you kill enough monsters and suddenly you can take twice as much damage right because <laughs> you just you know that last monster really made it click isn't that but isn't there like i i, I agree with that but isn't don't the the medium the, the the thing that video games is if if you're ever going to try to graft on any story which it sounds like you'd be perfectly fine with people not doing that but if you're ever going to like you're going to suffer from some of these kinds of flaws like it's just almost inevitable because there's the demand that the game always get more difficult and more challenging and with more challenge you expect greater reward and more power etc cetera, etc cetera. isn't Part of the criticism there, not necessarily that those flaws exist, but that the same flaws exist over and over again. Like this laziness, this inability to try to find something new. Does that make sense? You mean there's an ice beam in every single game? Because <laughs> there is. <laughs> there there is. is always an ice beam. There's always a wave beam. There yeah, and, and maybe that's why Metroid is the, the NES Metroid is the best game, because it's the only original one. So um, basically what you're putting, you're putting originality on I, pedestal there. <sighs> Kind of. I mean, I'm okay with a remake. I'm fine with a remake if it makes a game more playable. If if the first game, and I think this is very true for Metroid. I loved playing Metroid as a kid, uh, but th- without a doubt, it's it's very hard to go back and play now if uh-huh. you're used to, you know, the better controls of any other one. Um, but if you're giving credit, <laughs> like some game, some game series do expand and evolve, and most of them don't. And so, yeah, Super Metroid's better than Metroid Prime because it's earlier than Metroid Prime. <laughs> but Metroid Prime has 3D and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel, I think, so I think that a lot of the stuff that, um, and I, I'm glad we've kind of come to the conclusion that Prime's a good game because uh, we can argue on various degrees. But what I see is somebody comes up with an idea, whether it's an ice beam or a concussion missile or a quick time event or whatever the hell it is. And then my problem is, is that because it's just an industry like anything else, video games are so fast to try to duplicate it and to, you, you get whatever clever mechanic there is becomes boring within a year, you know, cause it gets aped and replicated so many times. So I set bionic commando of all things. I never. Where played, were the people ripping I, off Bionic Commando? I never played Bionic Commando. Oh my god, it's it's a wonderful game. Is it hard as shit? It well, it's NES hard. Okay. Uh, you know, if you have save states, if you were to you know play this game yeah. somewhat less legally, then you'd be fine. I would. I would. I wouldn't know how to do. But that. there's a game like like there there is actually, uh, ironically, a grapple hook in both uh, Metroid Prime and Super Metroid, but uh, but for a long time. Bionic Commando was the only game where you grappled, you swung. Oh, are they the ones great. that came up with the grappling hook? Mm-hmm. See, I should know that. Pro- it's probably not the first. This game is an authoritative sure video game podcast. Yeah, Patrick. I know. You can tell that I've really done my research here. <laughs> I've played a lot of video games, but the ones that I haven't played, uh, I I never felt compelled to know about them and realize that I was missing them. So, um, 
yeah, I, I struggle. I struggle. I, I mean, I, I'll be, I'll just lay my cards on the table. I, I don't play a lot of video games these days, which is partially age, but I think part of it is kind of like what we're talking about. It's just kind of a fatigue of the same stuff over and over again, you know, like, and, and it's not just that I recognize that the industry I've moved so far on an age that the industry doesn't care if I already know what's going to happen because they're not making the game for me anymore. You know what I mean? Right. They're making it for somebody who hasn't played Metroid prime or who hasn't played super Metroid because they were not born. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the mechanics that we decry as recycled are new to somebody, aren't they? I guess, but you know, we, we can't assume that every remake is automatically better. Not better, first. but just that it's not made for us. Like, like somebody fires up Zelda twilight princess and is a, amazed and enthralled please not talk about that game right now i don't i don't want to talk about that game talk about how it's fine (laughs) uh yeah no it's fine sure okay um (laughs) that can be the next episode i'll tweet out something it kind of will be i think i can i can tweet out something about zelda between now and the next time we record (laughs) (laughs) um we can uh we can feel free to to not wanting to put you on the edit how how much longer are you thinking you'd like to go patrick I think we can probably wrap up pretty quickly. Okay. Um, do you have any closing thoughts or anything that you want to give anybody? Other than I'm wrong. <sighs> Let me think about it. I, I, I went, I went back and watched this speedrunner half of the speedrunner Metroid Prime, and and it reminded me. I was pleasantly surprised by how good the game was. It was better than I remembered it being, and I don't know why I was so frustrated playing it. Except, probably the answer is that there's some deficiency in me. <laughs> that that. I am not. I don't. I'm not capable of appreciating this thing because I'm not good enough at it, or, um, or I want to play it on a keyboard and mouse, which I think is my major problem with it. Is that um, what you want? To, that's your preferred input. Yeah. Oh yeah. When it comes to when it comes to first person games, I, I want. Yeah. I want it to be on PC. I can and see that. If it's not on a PC, I at least want a second stick. Yeah. <laughs> I can see and, that. And if it's not on the second stick, what it, it's on a Wiimote, and that's that's not even. <laughs> I actually I, I played it on the Wii version, on the the trilogy version, and it's you know I wanted that to work, <laughs> and it still didn't. Uh, um, I think I played Prime. Prime is the one. Prime Three is the one that was made for the Wii. The other right. ones were made for the sixty four. Prime Three, in their fancy, um, which I used to have and stupidly got rid of it because. I am old enough to have made a lot of th- decisions that I regret in life, but I had that disc that they gave you that had all three games on it. Right. And uh, I played that for the Wii, and I had it with the whatever the fuck the stupid like, hey, we fucked up the first Wii mote, so here's the one that makes it the way it should have been <laughs> thing is. I can't remember what it's called. Um, but I did that. And one of the wrist straps. Yes. And Prime Three actually played pretty damn sweet. That mm. that's all that I would say. I thought that that was. The whole mechanic was flawed, and they never did it the right way that they promised in the way it seemed to have potential to. That was as close as it got with Prime 3 with the supercharged Wii remote. But I would say that if if we want something easy or shorter to lead off with the next episode, I would love to talk about watching video game streaming because I do not get it. Oh, even I love a little it. bit. I, I, can't, I, I can't do it. So we should we should wrap up and start the next episode with that. Okay, that sounds good. All right, so... Uh... Thank you guys for listening. Uh, again, you can find Nathan Bishop at uh, whatever his Twitter handle is. Uh, which which handle do you give out? Sure, Nathan H. Bishop. Okay, and mine is Euquebit, uh, which is my last name backwards. <laughs> um, you will find nothing about video games, uh, and we will not write about them. <laughs> <laughs>
unless you unless you give me feedback, in which case I'll start talking about it. I probably still won't, because that that also requires time. Either way, thank you very much, Nathan. Yes, thank you, Patrick. You're still wrong. I know.